What's up and welcome back to Broside Broadcast. My name's Derek. And my name is Blake. And today we've got new songs to talk about. But before we get into everything, I just want to remind our listeners they can find us on Instagram at Broside Broadcast. Yeah, and if you subscribe to our Patreon, you'll get bonus episodes that appear right in Spotify. If that's something you're interested in, then there's a link in the description. And fun news for the people who don't want to go to Patreon. Now you can subscribe to us right in Spotify. So yep. it'll be right in the feed. We'll probably have an episode that comes out before this just to, I guess, give a treat to those who want to subscribe on Spotify. Mm-hmm. But you'll see it. It's pretty easy to sign up. Right on. It's uh, You don't have to go to a separate page to listen to extra content. It is in your Spotify app already. Very convenient. And every dollar from Patreon or Spotify at this point will go right back into the show, which really helps with production. I actually got a DM about t-shirt interest. So Mm -hmm. if there's more interest, Discord people, let us know because you're the ones who talk to us most. So let us know in episode chat. Blow it up. New t-shirts mean new designs. Let's get stoked. So typically lately, I guess, we've been starting the show with a song to really kick things off. Mm-hmm. But recently, Whitechapel released Live in the Valley on Spotify. I know that I had brought this up. Did you get a chance to check that out? Yeah, I checked it out. I've already heard the at least first five or six songs off of the Valley recommended by you and our friend Jay. Right. Uh, I went back and listened to this live performance up until uh, the the Chicory Hickory song. And <laughs> what? <laughs> the Chicory Hickory song. Hickory Road or something. Hickory Creek. <laughs> Hickory Creek. That one. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I completely apologize. But I also watched the uh, Garza podcast with Phil Bozeman, and I had a great time watching... Uh, how this guy actually is. Right. He's a really interesting person. Speaking of that, I just think the live performance from the live album that they just released, I think what stood out the most was Phil Bozeman. Phil is a great vocalist, and he's been around for, let's just say, 15 years. It's probably mm-hmm. been longer than that at this point. He's grandfathered in as one of like... One of the OGs of the scene, for mm-hmm. sure. Right. And I've never actually got to see Whitechapel live out of all the bands that I've seen. I know that I tend to have like a fairly basic, you know, same 10 bands kind of like taste. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of bands live. It's surprising me. It's surprising to me that you haven't seen them live, but uh, I definitely would have known if you did because you would have talked about it before. So I kind of want to go into your history with Whitechapel. Okay, it's been a couple of years that since like me and you have talked about them. Yeah, uh, at least three or year, uh, two or three years. But I have little to no history with Whitechapel until I met you and Jay. Uh, before that, I know it was very much like niche where i was living at the time in the suburbs and the the small town mines kind of thing mm-hmm. so there were certain people who liked asking alexandria there were certain people who liked white chapel and there were certain people who liked pretty much like under oath and just the, the screamo stuff so like there was like three categories of people in a small town of what, like whatever genre they liked right. or they were into. And you could always tell by the hair. Yeah. Who had the who had what kind of haircut and what type of jeans they wore. If they didn't wear tight jeans, they probably liked Whitechapel. 
and how bright their t-shirt was right (laughs) well yeah then you listen to attack attack we know so Whitechapel is from Knoxville. I feel like that's pretty well known at this point. And I live in Southern Kentucky. I'm from Corbin, Kentucky, which is home of KFC. I've seen it. The original KFC. Wow, what a right. spectacle. <laughs> I can't wait uh, to see it again next time I visit you. Was it everything you ever dreamed of? Oh, man, I just didn't even take a picture. <laughs> you wanted to have the memory ingrained in your head. I did. I remember like... Pixels on a screen just wouldn't do it justice, <laughs> would it? You all warned me that it wasn't going to be anything special. And it, you know, I was forewarned. I'm pretty sure me or you could make better fried chicken at home. Oh, absolutely. We could figure it out. I just think <laughs> like... Anyway. It should be the best. Okay. We we can't start talking about food. We want to talk about some really right. uh, guttural vocals here. Okay, before we talk about this live performance, I just Mm -hmm. want to throw in here. So one time I was out late with friends driving. It was 2 a.m. And the way that police act around here is, oh, you're (laughs) out driving late. You must be up to something. You're on drugs. So me and my friends had just came from White Castle. (laughs) Okay. And the police stopped me. I was like 21 years old. I was nervous. And he, he asked where did you all just come from? Oh, I God. said, uh, Whitechapel. He's like, what? Which obviously <laughs> he, he doesn't know what Whitechapel is, but you came from church bowl. It's 1 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, that's my little fun story about Whitechapel. So you got, you were so nervous. You, uh, didn't even know what to say. Yeah. Instead of coming from, you know, a fast food place, mm-hmm. I came from uh, a death core band. And I would be nervous to tell a, a police officer that I was just at White Castle because that means maybe you're having an adventure under the influence. Which was not the case. No, no. I believe The that. only thing I was drinking that night was like a chocolate shake. But <laughs> And thinking about Whitechapel. But going into the performance, not having heard Phil Bozeman's vocals live before, that's what I was listening for the most. Because... A guitarist is going to play the riffs. Obviously, they're extremely talented musicians. I'm not expecting like any mess ups or anything like that to happen. Right. So, I mean, his vocal performance is pretty much has to match up with that, right? And for me, it wasn't really the screaming vocals because at this point, again, like Phil Bozeman is known for that, right? Right. But I've never heard his live singing. And the moment that uh, when a demon defiles a witch, as soon as his singing part came up, I actually enjoy his live vocals more than what's on the record. It sounded pretty, uh, it sounded pretty, now I have just like this Kentucky accent going on for some reason, but it sounded pretty cool. It sounded good. It sounded smooth and uh, practiced. Very much so. He's confident in his performance. But also the gutturals. Right. Like... (laughs) The singing is great, but mm-hmm. I also like when Whitechapel does the screamy scream. No, the screamy screams are pretty good. I mean, this dude just, I don't know, man. He, he I feel like he's set like a standard for the type of uh, scream that he has. So one of the things that I did after watching the uh, Garza podcast was I went back to listen to his performance on Unanswered by Suicide Silence for the Mitch Lucker memoriam show right and all respect 
to Mitch Lucker, RIP Mitch Lucker, everything like that. Right. And I know that like Suicide Silence is doing well with Eddie Hermida, mm-hmm. but man, it's just got me thinking, what if Phil Bozeman had become the vocalist of not only Whitechapel, but also Suicide Silence? I mean, the probability of that. The probability, like extremely low, but... The possibility. In my humble opinion, <laughs> I think if there is anyone that could have filled the shoes, okay. it was Phil Bozeman. I think a lot of people would respect that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that would have been a uh, a, a different career, a, a career change for Phil Bozeman. Like, what if he didn't see the potential in Whitechapel anymore and decided to join Suicide Silence? I think that would have been very a very different thing for bands to do instead of a mcu what if it's yeah a death core what if <laughs> what absolutely that's the what if right. of the scene in this universe there's a there's a different metalcore universe we live in where things actually were better than they are now <laughs> maybe ai will get so advanced to the point to where like we can run these kind of simulations like what if phil bozeman had become the vocalist of suicide silence and then AI makes this album uh, for us to listen to, but it sounds kind of bad. Speaking of AI vocals, we didn't even plan to talk about this, but we talked about VAN Van by Bad Omens last week with Poppy. Check out that episode. Someone took Noah's vocals and AI'd his vocals onto her, onto parts. her parts. And dude, it sounds so good. Oh, shit. Did they keep the same lyrics, the same words, AI? Yeah, the same lyrics, everything. Okay, so the only thing that was changed was AI took Noah Sebastian's voice straight from right. the internet and put it into the song. Which was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a sound effect for that, put it in. So Bad Omens is actually on tour with Bring Me the Horizon right now. Appropriate. And Poppy is out with them right now so they've been able to perform this live and noah's been performing it live with her mm-hmm. so i'm kind of you know not to take the attention away from the white chapel album but we're talking about live music in general right now i would just like to see like a poppy and noah version of that song maybe an extended version or maybe like a maybe even a, like a, a part two maybe i would like a part two and uh, just for full transparency, this song, you thought that I didn't like the song. Right now, it's sitting number one in my tw- favorites of 2024. I've watched the video more than I've listened to the song. So um, I think I need to get on that so that my uh, stats FM uh, records kind of catch up with that. But I think a part two would be good. And I would love the continuity through the video. Maybe there's a something else going on from the, w- what we've seen in the video. That would be pretty cool. So as far as Whitechapel's Live in the Valley album, did you have a favorite song of what you listened to? Probably the first song because that's that's when I start listening to that album and I don't mm-hmm. really get to the end, but that's a song that grabs my attention and then my mind says, okay, you can continue to listen to this. And then Chicory comes on and then I stop. <laughs> you mean Hickory Creek? <laughs> yes, I'm doing it on purpose. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. The first song catches my attention and I kind of don't really pay much attention after that. It's a little bit of background noise for me, but I'm not an avid Whitechapel fan. 
I typically don't love live albums, but this was just nice to get because if you've not seen them live, it's just one of those things that mm-hmm. you can get a vibe of how they sound live. Right. Because studio and live aren't always exactly the same. Like there's some songs that are out there that make sense on a studio album, but don't exactly make sense in a live setting. Right. And sometimes you have to be there for the show at the show to see those differences and for them to put it, put a live album out on Spotify kind of gives us that scratches that itch without us having to be at the show or don't have the opportunity to go to the show like you like you didn't. And sometimes you'll even hear musicians talk about that, that they thought a certain song would do really well and didn't expect another song to like do as well. But yeah. It was kind of the opposite. Like the song they thought would do well didn't. And in reverse, the song that they didn't expect to do well live actually did really well. That's actually a very good uh, episode idea. You know, songs like that expected to do well and then vice versa. That's a long topic that I'm not going to get on. Yeah. But the artwork of this was also telling me that it was it had a Valley and Kin incorporation. Which there was some of their older stuff also with This Is Exile. That's my personal favorite from mm. OG days. Like if I was uh, feeling angsty and pissed off as a 17-year-old <laughs> kid, I thought Whitechapel was like the heaviest shit in the world, so I would turn that on. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I think it's called Father of Lies. So Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but... I feel like Whitechapel might be the... Slipknot for like my age group. I don't know enough information to either <laughs> confirm, <laughs> confirm or deny. Or deny. That. <laughs> uh, that's the one in the comments. Slip, slip chapel. Hashtag slip chapel. I really like to think that as we've discussed, our episodes are continuous. Like, yes, we are topical, but with music, it's not like this stuff is you know, going anywhere. So like we end up talking about some of the same bands from week to week sometimes. And speaking about not being able to go to live performances, one of the things that we both recently watched was Novelist, their live performance that they posted on YouTube. Right. And uh, I think that I had mentioned to you that I felt like it was some sort of modern unplugged from MTV whenever they uh, did that back in the day. But It was a very personal experience, I feel, like they were trying to, you know, it was for the fans. Right, and if you want to watch it yourself, just go to YouTube, type in Novelist, and it's live in Lyon, and it's cinematic, and it was a good watch, and it kind of reminded me of the performance that Resolve did with uh, 1056 and Pellface. Right, like the camera shots, the angles, the type of room. Right. Um, but just but just live. Right. It's not edited. Right. And it's not cut. It's a continuous performance. So it is a good watch. It's a clean video. The audio sounds decent and I think the band generally just wants you to get an idea of who they are and it's very it's very naked if 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 I may. It's a very, very naked video, just naked. Naked. So do you want to see more of this kind of stuff come out? And do you think it's smart for bands to release this for free on YouTube? Well, I'll, I'll start with this first. Videos 
or performances like this released on YouTube, I think should be an accessible thing, especially to your favorite bands. I think that is a band being very transparent and open about who they are and being able to be in a comfort zone to play their music live and perform it. And maybe some people can't go see bands live, but maybe that would also encourage people to go see that band live. Either way, you get to see that performance. It's more content for you from that band to enjoy. And it kind of reminds me of COVID days, I guess, whenever bands didn't really have any other option. I think that COVID probably maybe opened that door for these kind of things. Which I'm glad that it did. Yeah. Because did you end up watching the Dev Warriors Prada, their live performance? I think we all bought tickets for that. Yeah, I did. That was really good. Like, I ended up liking some of the songs better, you know, once I got to see them perform it. That happens often. For me, I think it's just, it really humanizes it. Because we live in an era where everything is digital. So whenever you don't really, like, see a face attached to it or you don't see someone perform it it just it can feel robotic sometimes but then there's the opposite where i don't want to know the face i kind of want to just listen to the band and enjoy it how i want there's a couple of bands that i do that with where i actually don't want to know what the people look like because <laughs> so like, sleep tokens the best band for it you. should be great but like new bands that i find out that i find out about if i like the music that much Mm -hmm. um like i've I've been listening to um vicious rain lately and i've mm -hmm. I'm, i started following them on our instagram because they followed us back since i talked about them on the last episode but i still don't want to know what they look like i wish they were wearing some mask or something just for a little while so i could just enjoy the music without picturing who's singing it i want to still continue to hear it how i first heard it so Blake's take for 2024 is that <laughs> every band should just wear masks. Wear, ba wear a bag on your head for the first six months of me listening to you. Uh, and then I'll see what you look like, maybe. But then there's also the other side where uh, you want more from a band. And I understand that completely. With that said, I think we're going to take our first break. And then when we come back, we are going to discuss Gore's newest single, Doomsday. This episode is proudly sponsored by Cold Brew, your ultimate solution for satisfying your cold brew coffee cravings. Picture this, a delightful cold brew experience that's smooth, rich, and expertly crafted all at your fingertips. Cold Brew's premium coffee concentrates provide the pure essence of freshly brewed coffee without any hassle. The pre-measured bottle ensures you get the perfect amount every time. Isn't that like the best part about it? That's right. And the thing that I love about their cold brew is that you get to make it as strong or I guess as weak as you'd like because what you get from like other brands is just weak. This stuff is super strong. I mean, I put it directly on ice, like as if I was maybe like drinking like uh, like a straight whiskey on ice. This is how I put my coffee. I mean, it's got the kick you need. It tastes fresh. It tastes better than every other cold brew I've had. And whether you're a fan of the classic cold brew taste or you just want other flavors like vanilla or toasted almond or hazelnut, cold brew has an option tailored just for you. That's right, they even have a decaf variant for those looking to enjoy an experience without the caffeine. And like you said, hazelnut is absolutely one of my favorites. I love the vanilla option. This season, I'm looking to incorporate a lot of the peppermint mocha 
into recipes or things that I'm going to use for our holiday season. And I like the decaf because I drink a lot of energy drinks. So the fact that I can have this and get to enjoy coffee and not have to worry about too much caffeine, that's just chef's kiss. Dive into their range today and enhance your coffee experience. Cheers to embracing delightful coffee moments with cool brew. And back to the show. Here we go. So you're asking me previously about the band Novelist and it's a female vocalist fronted band and that's something that is becoming more common enough to not even mention that there's a female vocalist. We can at a, at some point we're not even going to talk about it. It's just we're just going to say vocalist without the disclaimer, right. right? So that's my intention, but there's also this band Gore that we've been talking about on the episode lately. Mhm. Which you're a fan of. I am, and I will admit that I kind of cut them short on the last episode. I didn't give Mm -hmm. them a music clip or give our listeners more context, but I actually love the song that we had talked about, Pray. They've been on my favorites of 2024 since it was January 2nd, whenever I shared it in the Discord. I shared it as soon as I found it, and it was their first song. Now, typically... You don't really know what you're going to get after a song like Pray with the band being new. So whenever I heard Doomsday by Gore, I was blown away. Like every time I listen to this song, I'm still blown away. And looking at their Spotify right now, and it's actually kind of uh, crazy that they wrote their description to be this way because I was going to make a comparison later. So their description says, Gore is an art metalcore band that started in a small town in Arizona where vocalist Haley 
founded the trio with guitarist Alex Reyes and bassist Devin. They create a sound akin to metalcore powerhouses with their own emotive performance. They're not afraid to balance on the tight ropes of seduction and rage, love and anger. The outfit will release their debut EP in spring of 2024, so we get even more music soon. And it seems like they're telling you what to expect through that description. It seems like they have a sound established already. The vision is there. So one band that I guess I kind of wanted to compare them to lyrically was like Moths to Flames. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of spiritual references in Chris Roeder's lyrics. But the way that Haley writes these is a little bit more thought-provoking. I believe because his is more from a personal standpoint, whereas Haley's is more, I guess, more broad for everyone can kind of relate and maybe not everyone. Mm -hmm. But in this song, Doomsday, there are certain themes of atheism, but there's a thematic contrast of what the lyrics are compared to how the song sounds. Exactly. The, The song sounds very gentle, soft and elegant. And what I'm actually getting is with the lyrics to that, it's very morbid, actually. It makes it sound, because it's so soft, but the lyrics are very dark. It kind of, It's polarizing, especially with the imagery from the music video. Right. And as a ballad, the melody and the instrumental arrangement starkly contrast with the heavy lyrical content because this song acts as commentary about how fucked up the world is and the dichotomy between personal responsibility or if the events that take place in the world are just fate. Right. Or are we getting to the end quicker than uh, we expect because it's our own doing? Exactly. And in the second verse, there's also the themes of atheism. As I had mentioned, there's this want to believe, but because of all the tragedies in the world, it makes it hard to, which I can kind of relate with. Absolutely. I mean, man, that's kind of, that's pretty heavy because I think that Chris Roeder would write something similar, but he would mm-hmm. have no hope or faith in anything. <laughs> right. He would just be completely, fuck this world and everything you believe in. That probably is a, True. a lot like Moss of Flame lyric, but I see the comparison and the contrast, especially with that in mind. The musical direction perfectly complements the song's message because it allows listeners to focus on the lyrics without being distracted. Mm -hmm. Because when you're talking about themes of systematic violence, inequality, and existential fears, it's really important that the music doesn't overshadow the message with overly complex instrumentals. Like, you don't want a crazy riff or you know, an animal sound breakdown just taking away from what's trying to be said. This makes me feel like this is a song that the scene won't get for a long time. And I just want to say, so this is kind of jumping ahead of, you know, where I wanted to go, but yeah, there's a lot of music out there, or there's some music out there, is more fair to say, that I'm aware of in the scene that talks about some worldly things that aren't great, but it comes across in a way that's very performist. Mm. Like they know they have an audience and they know if they say certain things that it will rile up their audience. 
And if you can evoke an emotional response from someone, that's a good way, I guess, to distract them from if the music is good or not. Well, I think that they know what audience they're talking to, and that's the audience that that specific band actually wants to pull in, that they, they're trying to actively reach out to that demographic at that point. And I think it's because they are so fresh, they are kind of establishing that from the get-go. They're not trying to be performist. This is who they are as a band. And if this is what they're doing from the start, it establishes that tone right away. It's not, okay, we've done this in our career. We've done that. They're not checking boxes. And, you know, we only have two songs to go off of. And I think that there's a lot of material in each song that gives you enough of an idea of what you could expect for the next song. So the lyrics, Doomsday comes earlier every year, is in the chorus, and kind of like what you had mentioned earlier, it just signals an increasing urgency and the escalation of global issues and are the things that, it's not really too much of a question, but the terrible things that go on from one year to the other seems to get worse. Well, I think we all have a certain, and I wonder if she talks about this as well. Uh, I think she speaks of having faith and not having faith in people in general and, Mm -hmm. and then finding her place in that. But it also sounds like she's actually just observing the ultimate demise of it all. But I mean, we could all hope that people are being better than their surroundings and, I think maybe she speaks a little bit about having faith in the right people. Not to mention, she might know a little more than we do concerning she works at NASA. So, Which is crazy. And, (laughs) you know, hopefully she comes on the show sometime because I would like to go more into like that and her background because Mm -hmm. I just think that's very interesting. (laughs) You don't typically hear about that. We'd have to do like 50% music, 50% NASA Try not to go 75% NASA. Yeah, so was the first (laughs) moon landing fake? Right, was it? So did it happen? What can you tell us? (laughs) Wink. Wink two times if it did or did not happen. Speaking of NASA, I I visited the uh, JFK um, thing in Cape Canaveral when I was 13 years old. And I thought space food was the coolest thing. It's. I think it still is the coolest thing. I remember I got spaghetti, which <laughs> I remember being pretty good, but who knows? It was 13-year-old Derek. And then there was also space ice cream, oh, yeah. which was pretty good also. But, I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't enjoy space as a kid? I mean, everyone wants to go to space camp. Exactly. And uh, that was a lot of fun. But back to uh, the despair of doomsday. <laughs> back to death. <laughs> when the song hits the breakdown at the bridge, it just really drives home the struggle in the lyrics about changing ourselves or dealing with the hand that we're dealt. And it's like the music punches through to highlight the fight between wanting to make a difference and feeling stuck with what we've got. And still, at part of the song, the music never takes over the uh, vocal performance. It's not a breakdown that you were waiting to hear. It's not. It's not going to be... I don't think that this is a song people are going to initially react about. 
speaking about like YouTubers, this is not going to be on reaction videos. There's some, and from what I've seen, like the people oh, really? that have reacted to them are like really good. So I appreciate their takes. And I feel okay. like right now, like this band is one of those, if you know, you know, but I just love that the song feels genuine. It doesn't feel like they're just checking a box trying to, you know, be performative. And I think it was the uh, musical genius that a lot of people know him as. Rick Rubin said that people don't want music that is written for them. They want music that someone made for themselves. And, you know, as I've said in previous episodes, typically I don't care for the lyrics, especially if I can't relate but this, like the lyrics in the song is something that everyone can relate to. We're all living in the same planet and everyone going through these problems, it's everyone's problem. Right. And if you haven't thought about this, then uh, maybe you're just like um, a robot and you need to get checked out. The robot like would just tried to bust in my room a few minutes ago and try to vacuum. AI is taking over your Roomba and trying to take over Broside Broadcast. Which... Actually, so speaking of AI, I believe that the music video for this was AI generated mm -hmm. because I have, it's called Stable Diffusion. I'm not going to go into all the uh, details. It's a lot to get into, but you are now able to take an image that is AI generated and turn it into a film. Basically, you tell it how many frames you want and... All that stuff. You're trying to have a short episode, but you keep bringing up these things that I can elaborate on. And I'm really trying to not go off the rails here. I'm just saying like budget wise, it makes sense for them. It's better than just a still picture. It still delivers the same message. Like it's still, someone had to still imagine each scene. Right. So it doesn't take away. As... We have continuity in bro side episodes. I think that this AI discussion between you and I should happen maybe in the next episode or so about how people feel with bands using AI and not paying artists or are the artists getting paid and you and using AI or AI bands in the future. Too many questions. We want answers. So for me so far, this band is band of the year for me. Man, and bold I'm, statements. I'm glad that I found them, you know, basically shortly after their their inception, mm -hmm. I guess, because it's hard for me to get onto a band that's been around for a while because you feel like you're jumping on the train late. Right. So, so it's nice to get on like pretty much right from the beginning. Not for clout. Yeah, not for clout. I genuinely like this. Because you're experiencing their growth at the same time they are. And lyrically, they offered something completely different than everything else I listen to. That is like one of the parts that we emphasize uh, paying attention to. Let's talk about the album that you've really been enjoying for the last five days. So what's that album, Blake? I've been listening to some pretty good music this uh, this month, as you have, and... You ended the note on Gore talking about having a band to listen to moving forward. And our numbers are just so high. And we've been listening to so much music through January. Oh, our yeah. spot of stats are showing that we listen to significantly more amount of music than we did uh, last year. So what is this album that you've been enjoying? You're, you're keeping people on the edge of their seat. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. 
It's definitely not uh, Shedding Skin by Adalia. And my favorite song that can I cannot get out of my head right now is Seeker, Stretch the Night. And here's a 30 second clip. So Seeker was actually one of their singles that came out. It was one of the first. If I had to pick a favorite off this album, which I've not listened to it from start to finish yet, which I just want to tell our listeners, sometimes there's going to be things that you listen to that I don't get to, and sometimes vice versa. I just feel like that's like a pretty natural thing, so that's okay. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, some people get to albums late, and some people jump on them and know that they're going to be released right away. But I did listen to Seeker and the two other singles that they had released before the album came out. And then I got to uh, watch the music video for Panorama Daydream the day before this dropped. And that's my favorite that I've heard off the album so far. I didn't get to watch the video, so I don't have that imagery for the song yet i'm kind of waiting that's why i didn't want to because i enjoy the way and the way the music sounds and the imagery that i'm producing for myself but eventually i will get to the video i saw the the clip of the video mm-hmm. for the thumbnail for the youth for youtube but it looks it looks like i'm gonna like it i i mean it looks pretty chill but speaking of chill i mean this from the start, the artwork has a very chill vibe. It looks like a, like, if you could imagine lo-fi as a picture. That's exactly, yeah, you're spot on. It's a woman sitting next to a cat, which I've not shown <laughs> my wife Brandy this yet, but I think she, she would like the... Uh, I thought first and foremost that you would have showed this to her. I thought maybe that, that was one of the most attractive parts for you was the cat, because you have 12... I do not have 12, but... <laughs> I change the number every time. <laughs> as soon as I saw the artwork, I was like, I, I need to show this to her, but... I was hoping you did too, but it has a... It kind of starts the vibe for the album, uh, if you're going into the album. Uh, I don't think any of the singles had any alternative artwork. I thought that kept it pretty straightforward. And the hue of this is like a skin tone. Well, I can't say skin tone because there's so many out there, but... It's like a beige. That's a very beige, pink beige, right? Yeah. Not your average white man. And the only other color in there is black. And there's a silhouette of a uh, female woman, girl, and a her counterpart cat. And it gives you that very chill, lo-fi, lo-fi vibe. So... Sound-wise, through the album, you get that too, but you also get like very emotional highs and Jesse Cash's uh, vocal range and melodies. If it's something that is what you listen, is if that's something that you go for in the band era and you could imagine an album, an album full of just Jesse Cash's vocal performances with maybe his instrumentals tuned down, this is strictly for you which is the case for me because i don't love era but i enjoy jesse's vocals 
And I really enjoy this more like lo-fi style Mm -hmm. because, again, this is not something that is really in my music library. There's no one else that I listen to that sounds like this. Yeah. So so it has a spot in there. For sure. And I know that you've only gone through maybe like the first five or six songs. Mm -hmm. And I think that the second half of the album is going to be something that you're more into. I don't want to say that the vibe changes completely. But there are a lot. There are a couple of songs that ex- are more experimental and still cohesive with the album, but do a couple of little different things, which I appreciate. But I felt like from maybe the ending of "Riding the Blind Side," which is around like s- song six, I mm-hmm. think that the album could have reached a different high. It could have gone a little higher. And this is my unofficial review of the album but I still need to listen to it a couple more times. I just thought it could have been a little more elevated, but it kind of keeps the same tone, tries a couple of different things. But the first five songs, I was in the shower getting ready for work, and I was like kind of doing that, I need hot water on me because it's really cold outside and Mm -hmm. it's early in the morning. Which Blake thinks that 60 degrees is cold, by the way. And meanwhile, it's been like 25 degrees in Kentucky. Well, yeah, I mean, it's in Louisiana. I mean, I'm not going outside it when it's like 40. I'm staying inside. <laughs> so especially in the morning, it's cold. So I do this thing where the hot water like hits me really hard and I just go in circles and roast in like, like a rotisserie. Rotisserie Blake. Rotisserie Blake. <laughs> We're not porky this episode. We're just rotisserie. But uh, I was listening to this album for like the second time. Hold up, time. just a second. Okay. For our listeners <laughs> in Discord. Okay. If you are listening, one? this is a test. Yes. This yeah, is, okay. the, this is test the one. Okay. To make sure everyone's listening, rotisserie is the XP word. You'll get XP. It depends on how I'm feeling that day, how much mm-hmm. XP you'll get. Extra XP if someone sends the emoji of like the turkey or rotisserie and the turkey leg emoji also acceptable <laughs> okay so i'm changing your nickname in the server right now to uh, oh, raging shit. rotisserie <laughs> blake you have to be in the discord to know that my uh my discord name has evolved many times rightfully so so you are now raging rotisserie cajun blake <laughs> this thing's getting convoluted <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, about so this album. I was listening to the album in the morning. I, I don't know what it was. It struck me really hard. It gave me chills. I actually had like like a good like emotional feeling when I was listening to some of the parts of the songs in the uh, first half of the album. And I was like, man, like this is just, this made me feel good. Like it made me, it woke me up this morning. It made me feel like a little emotional but it was the melodies and the the sound of the voice and the things that he was saying that kind of got in my mind and started giving me these visceral thoughts uh, and feelings. So it felt good. I mean, hopefully people understand that kind of experience that I'm explaining when it comes to music. Right. But if you're really feeling something and it gives you chills and kind of just hits you emotionally and you can't explain it, I think it's beautiful, you know, but um, it started my day pretty good and it was hot. It was hot and steamy when I got out of the shower. <laughs> Which is not really <laughs> this kind of music. It's not hot and steamy. It's not hot and steamy. <laughs> but I do really want to give this album more of a chance. I've just not really got to like dive into the lyrics, which 
with music like this, that's where most of the music is. Yeah, that's it's my next very step. very lyric forward, which this entire episode so far is like pretty lyric heavy yeah. kind of music. Yeah. I think since the last two episodes, we kind of have been paying attention more to lyrics. I think that's us going back to songs and having patience with music and knowing that there's more to just the sounds and that maybe we need a little more context. Yeah. Also now I think we're at a time where in this in these genres that we're listening to, people are writing a little uh, more mature than a couple of albums that we would have listened to in 2008 or 10. Also think just that pretty much everyone has good production these days, right? So you have good production, now we have this thing in metalcore, the scene where a lot of people write the same style. So when you have the same style, you have the same production, you have to start having things that set you apart. And that's where I think bands like Gore, mm-hmm. bands like Ghost Atlas, not only are they going with a different sound, but they're also lyrically trying something different that not all their peers are also doing. Right. I mean, music is their livelihood and they take it seriously. And when, you, when you're crafting something in an, in an art aspect, which of course music is art, then you're going to put your mind to it in other ways that people really don't. So if your heart and mind are in the right place, when, you do, when you're making and creating this music, it's going to translate to the people that, uh, that care about that type of thing the most, that take it, the, that take it seriously and don't just need to have uh, someone's reaction or opinion about it to listen to it. And I think if an artist writes average music, they can just expect to get average results. So this is where things get kind of subjective because it depends. Yeah, because I think average music will get attention, but it only will last long enough. As I like to say on this show, I kind of said it better myself. Right. We're here for each other. I could have said that like five times in this episode, but I like it better when you say it. (laughs) Which normally (laughs) you would say you could have, but I really couldn't have. Right. (laughs) Because I do say that. (laughs) That's good old rage and rotisserie Cajun Blake for you. That's... Oh, man. You know what? I was going to do the Cajun accent, but I'm never never doing it for free. Patreon only. Patreon or a Spotify subscription. That's right. I'll I'll do my my true Cajun accent if uh, if you pay on Patreon. I'll do a whole episode in Cajun. Jay Jay won't listen to it, but I'll do it. All right. Well, did you have anything else for the Ghost Atlas album? No, I think we had a great conversation about music in general today about... Um, like you were talking about us uh, speaking about uh, music lyrically, uh, let us know in the comments what you think about music being very lyric forward. Are you listening to the lyrics? Join us in our Discord. Let us know. And I will say, so I noticed that the monthly listeners for Ghost Atlas is 234,000 on Spotify, which I was not expecting. I did not realize how long Ghost Atlas has been around. I mean, essentially, he's been doing his side project almost as long as his band Era, which has 406.6 thousand followers. So they're pretty close. They're both under 500,000. So I'd say about 300,000 are all Jesse, Jesse Cash fans or the number you gave earlier. I'm kind of curious what percentage don't even know that he's in Era. 
my next question was that too, because now, and now for Ghost Atlas fans, do they know the singer that they love is in another band and has a whole other discography for them to check out? Maybe it's, mm-hmm. the fir- it's going to be the first time they hear Metalcore. And honestly, if that's the first time you hear Metalcore, you're, you're good. If Era's the first Metalcore band you hear, you're in a good place. All right. Well, with that said, I think that kind of ties up the episode. This episode's been like uh, wrapped up with some uh, butcher string, like a nice hot rotisserie. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to follow us on Instagram, follow us at Broside Broadcast. If you want to subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content, you can subscribe. It's in the link in the description. And this episode has been sponsored by Cold Brew. Mm-hmm. They have amazing coffee. I love to use it every single day. And did you have anything else for our listeners? Just click all the buttons everywhere. Like the like ones, the the link ones, the link trees, the just it'll it'll take you to good places. It'll take us to good places and we'll continue to have fun. Go listen to the Whitechapel live album Live in the Valley. Go listen to Doomsday by Gore. Also, go listen to Pray by Gore. You're on Spotify right now anyway. And then go listen to the Ghost Atlas album, Dust of the Human Shape. But last but not least, you're on this app anyway. Scroll up. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a poll. I don't know what it is. Future Derek is going to decide that. So who knows what I'm going to do with that. Future Derek is a pretty cool dude. Kind of the same, but like just a little bit cooler. Future Derek probably is listening to better music. We're really good music right now. Future Derek is editing this right now. Yeah. Hey, future, hey, future Derek, you've done this before. This is not a dream. What would you say to Future Blake? Future Blake? I'd say... Um, I'm going to get AI to make an image of Future Blake. If you want to see that, join our Discord. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. My name's Derek. I'll tell you what Future Blake thinks about uh, past Blake a little later, but also I've been Blake. And you'll hear us next Tuesday. Live, love, laugh, Limp biscuit. Yeehaw.